This is the OpenSource.club, a free St. Louis-focused knowledge share podcast. Through industry experts, entrepreneurs, personal stories, and more, we provide the information you need to achieve and thrive. Always visit our website, theopensource.club, for more details. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. St. Louis storms are more frequent and intense with no climate control solution. Thirteen federal agencies say that our flooding and erosion problems will be insurmountable within the next 30 years. That suggests one of the things needed right now is better stormwater systems. I'm your host, Bonita Cornute, and this is Money Mondays by The Open Source. MSD's public affairs manager is here to talk about stormwater and why we should care. You are listening to Money Mondays by The Open Source. Become a subscriber. Go to www.theopensource.club. Add your email address in the subscribe to podcast window and have podcast notifications delivered to your inbox. Headquartered in St. Louis, MSD is the nation's fourth largest sewer and wastewater utility with more than 9,600 miles of sewer lines. The company services St. Louis City and 90% of St. Louis County. Joining us now is Sean Hadley. Sean, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Sean, before we get started, I'd like to talk about a real scenario faced by Julie Job. This Afton resident bought her home in 2014. During the purchase process, she was told that there was a drain in her backyard. She was not told that the drain didn't work. After a hard rain, the drain overflows. Her front yard fills with water leaves and trash. It's so serious that Julie worries that it is a drowning hazard. The drain starts at the top of the hill in her neighbor's backyard, but they aren't having any problems. No skin in the game for them. Julie has contacted the city and MSD for help. Apparently the fix is a new sewer, but it costs almost $100,000. Now, Sean, MSD is a stormwater utility. This means you are responsible for existing sewer structures. But Julie has a private property drain that is shared with her neighbors. Your solution is to put an MSD sewer in her yard, but she can't afford it. What are her other options? So, yeah, but you know, this, this is a private property issue. And um, with Miss Job, she's got... Uh, it's kind of a unique situation and kind of weird is that she's got the uh, a kind of a drainage pool at the at kind of top of her backyard that catches the rain. And it's actually where four, four, uh, four of her property owners meet right there in a the corner. And it's actually on her property, though. But it catches the rain from the other properties. And then it runs down. It's supposed to run down this little pipe and then out into the street into, and then down into the sewer. The problem is, is that the pipe is very, very small. And the amount of rain that we've been getting has over um, has, has overwhelmed that. And actually, her, her backyard has become a uh, pond in a sense when it rains really heavily. And, um, and it actually washes down to, to the neighbors down, downstream from her. And the biggest issue that we saw there is that there is a fix there, but there's no funding source to fix that. And back in um, 2016, we had went out to voters 
then we put um, two propositions on the ballot, one for uh, our rate increase for wastewater for the next quarter cycle. And the other thing we put on there was an, um, was to get control of the existing stormwater sewers, and that actually passed in 16. That gave us the, that gave us the ability to actually operate and maintain mm-hmm. the, um, the actual current sewer, storm sewer system. 2018, we came back again and said, okay, now we want to help people like Ms. Job and um, other people that may have um, localized flooding type of issues or even kind of erosion issues. Well, this is a localized flooding issue, so we want that we we want we identified more than 500 plus um, projects throughout the re- throughout the St. Louis region, throughout the district, and this is one of the projects that we identified. And we're like, okay, if we can get a funding source passed through the public because we're a publicly funded utility, this would be something that we could come at, come in and go, actually go after and fix. Mm-hmm. And so we put that out there in the ballot in 2018, and it did not pass by um, by the uh, residents of St. Louis, so we weren't able to actually do anything with that. And we're looking at solutions like coming down the road, maybe we can come back out and find something that would actually work for the residents of St. Louis to help pay for these stormwater problems. In her case, you said something about the the line running from the top of her yard where puddles and or ponds is <laughs> uh, too small. Is it just a matter of putting in a larger um, drainage line? Yeah, she would need to expand the drainage line. And since it's a private property and it's a private, it's a private drainage thing, we can't touch it without... You know, like, again, the funding source to do that. Um, we, I've been out and um, visited with Miss Job um, on several occasions, and it's it, it, the actual the, the story behind that dream was the previous property owner had made a deal with the other neighbors to put this this uh, this drainage pipe in for a um, for trade for basically getting a fire pit, and so what? that. That didn't help. It didn't help the Jobs as they, when they bought the house, you know, several years later. But that was the kind of the fix that these property owners came up with. They're like, if we put this drainage pool here, this, this drainage pool here, um, it'll take care of all the water coming off of our yards, and we'll in turn give you like you know, a fire pit or whatever over here to kind of help beautify the yard. Well, the problem is, is that yeah, that fix did fix the neighbor's yard issues, the neighbors um, around her and upstream from her. It takes that water off of there, but it's putting that water into that that um, kind of that drainage pool, and then the pipe in there is not very big, and it gets and it gets clogged with leaves, it gets clogged with um debris. We've actually helped her. We've actually um helped clean out that pipe with her over time. Um, we're um we come in and, and sprayed it sprayed it to kind of help keep it clear for her. Um, but we just, there's just no fix that we can do, no permanent fix because we're not again authorized to put that put a bigger pipe in there. I see. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to react that way, but I'm thinking a cosmetic fix for some one person as opposed to a serious drainage fix for everyone. It just didn't seem to be an even trade off, but um, there was something else going on, probably. Who knows? No, it did not. And it did not, but I feel bad for her. I mean, she's a very, that's a very nice family. And they, they uh, I mean, they're they're just they're they're trying to to do the best they can to get you know get things fixed. The other thing they have in their property is they have a uh, this is kind of unique. We found this out when we're out there, and this this might and I, I believe they got they did they did get this fixed, but it might have contributed to some of the pine that they had in their backyard. They actually had a bomb shelter that was about six feet buried underneath their backyard because the person again back in the um, in the fifties or sixties. Uh, the, with the home, the person that built the home had built a bomb shelter in the uh, 
um, underneath the underneath the ground there, and that was something that was taken on water. She was telling us about and kind of whatever. I believe that they were last year able to get that. They were able to get a contractor in and dig that out and get that fixed. So I think that's kind of helped with the ponding issue in their backyard, but not necessarily that drain issue. Wow. Well, uh, the rules of MSD service, um, you do make some repairs and in some situations you don't. It's just because of the way this utility is set up, correct? Can you explain? Yeah. So, so again, there's, there's a, it's kind of the unique thing about the interesting thing about MSD is that, so we're, we're two utilities in one. We are a wastewater utility and we are a stormwater utility. Wastewater, we have a, a um, big funding source because that's coming from people's the revenue from people paying their uh, their sewer bill, which is their you know, the wastewater sewer bill, the the the, uh, the money you pay for when you flush your toilet, your or your showers and, and stuff. The other side of it is though is a stormwater, and that we do have money that we collect on a personal property tax, and that was actually something that we had changed in 2016, so not everybody in the district pays the same amount, which is like 10 cents on your personal property tax, mm-hmm. um, and that actually covers the maintenance, operation and maintenance of the existing sewer system, storm storm sewer system that's already in place. That does not touch these private property issues and that's where we that's where you see the big kind of uproar is that why aren't you fixing this issue? You know, I pay you all this money and you're really you're, the people the public doesn't understand that they're paying in the two funding sources. You're you're paying your bill you're paying monthly is going to wastewater and we're and and you're not having backups in your homes. You're not having you know, issues with the sewer, that, that wastewater sewer system because we, we are able, it's fully funded. We're able to do projects and um, capture that water. Storm, storm side of it is a little bit different. We're only able to do a, a very little, very little with the money that we collect. Mm-hmm. We've tried to put a capital program in place there, but again, the voters voted that down. Gotcha. Well, this suggests that property owners should seriously consider the benefits of flood insurance. Is that correct? For instances, when you have like localized flooding, um, because again, everybody lives in a everybody lives in St. Louis, the entire region's a flood zone, not a floodplain, and people get that mixed up too. Floodplains are low lying areas next to like um, you know, take Chesterfield Valley for instance, or take um, over in St. Charles, you got like that Newtown development over there, that area. Those are all considered one on floodplains. Um, flood zones are low lying areas, like next to kind of next to creeks, next to uh, could be next to a river. Um, but even that, even some low lying areas exist, um, you know, away from those creeks and streams. And, and those are things that we tell people: make sure you have the proper protection because you will take the protection to get your your car fully covered. But when it comes to your homeowner's insurance. You do what you can to make sure that your home's protected, but then those extra steps like getting that, that added on flood insurance, something that you may never use, but you if you do have it and it does come into play, you're going to be um, happy that you do have it because the average flood claim is anywhere from fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. Wow. Oh, that's that's a lot. <laughs> you certainly don't want to get hit with that unexpectedly. Um, something else I noticed, I get a lot of cell phone flash flood alerts. So that tells, at least I did, certainly this last couple, two weeks, they seem to be coming pretty frequently. Um, is that uh, indicative of climate change or um, uh, a change in the way our storms are moving through? 
Yeah, it's it's a definitely it's definitely showing what the storm patterns are doing in St. Louis and, and just not in just St. Louis but throughout the Midwest that we're seeing a lot more pop up storms or when we see um, some storms that come through, they're not just passing through; they're actually sitting on us and, and they're dropping a lot more uh, rain in a short period of time. I mean, take for instance, uh, when this past Wednesday, this past weekend, this Wednesday, that storm that hit us that that caused flat, major flash flooding throughout the throughout the entire St. Louis region, all the way over to the Metro East. That storm actually sat on St. Louis for a good um, hour or two and was just dropping a lot of rain in a short period of time. And that's one thing that that, that does overwhelm uh, the sewer system because there's, there's no there's no man-made sewer system period that can handle, um, uh, you know, seven to eight inches of rain in a 30-minute period. Just, yes. just, it's just not. It's just not possible. There's not. There's nothing out there that will handle that. It's like taking a taking a large bucket of water and dumping it on a small glass and hoping that glass retains that entire bucket. That's not going to happen. Sure, sure. Well, well, while you're talking about that, I mean, to help the the listener understand, how do sewers catch water? What is the pump station? And what happens at a wastewater treatment plant? All of those things are connected. Um, how does it work? I can summarize this fairly easy and fairly quickly for you. It's basically that, um, you know, again, St. Louis sits on two, two separate systems. We have a combined storm source or combined waste system, which is wastewater and stormwater going on the same system. And then we have um, a separate system, which is collecting wastewater in one system and stormwater in the other one. On the separate system, the water that hits your storm sewers, that's with inlets on your streets, um, those actually go into the creek. They hit they hit that and go straight out to the creek. The wa- the wastewater, the water that comes out of your home from when you flush your toilet, whatever like that, that actually goes into the sewer system, to the wastewater sewer system, and hits our treatment plants. And since we sit on a um, St. Louis is is um, different elevations, we have to use what we call pump stations to help pump the water up to the um to the sorry down to the plant because all wastewater sewer plants sit in low areas because we are on what we call a gravity system we want gravity to do its job we want gravity to pump that water when it can naturally to the sewer to the wastewater treatment plants when it can't we have to use pump stations to pump the water up to an area to get it to go down uh-huh. And so that's kind of where that's kind of where that goes because a lot of people ask, a lot of people do say, well, why aren't treatment plants built up on top of hills? Well, science would say if you're trying to use gravity, you don't want you want the water to fall into the plant, not to get pumped up to the plant because it would be a lot more cost cost um, costly to do that. Sure. And uh, there are systems there are systems in the St. Louis region. I mean, over in St. Charles, there are systems that are called suction systems where they actually they are in a flat area. And there's no way for gravity or anything else to do that. So they actually have to push it through with force, with uh, with, a, with a suction, like kind of a vacuum, so they're vacuuming it to the plant. Uh-huh. But our system sits on that, and that's, what, that's kind of what we have there. I see. Interesting. Um, last, last point, you say that uh, if we work together as a community, we can slow climate change's progression. Um, what do you mean by that? Uh, so I mean, if we work together, even just not just just be mindful of everything that goes on. I mean, um, the biggest thing, you know, going back to the stormwater rate, is that 
you know, people ask us, why don't we fix these flooding issues? Why don't we address these erosion issues? And the biggest thing is that we're not funded to do that, but it's like that whole notion of um, you pay for what you get. And if you pay for, you know, if you're not going to pay for a service, you, you shouldn't expect to get it. And one of the things is that when we offer these things out there to the public, and if it doesn't affect everyone, if it doesn't affect me, then I'm more prone to say, okay, you know what, not in my backyard. I'm not going to deal with that. I don't, I don't care. I, I don't have those problems, so why, why should I worry about everybody else? But when you come back to it, we're actually all collectively in this together because it does become more costly on everybody if we can't maintain, fix the system, and we're getting these flooding issues, and there's flooding issues are infiltrating the uh, wastewater system. That does become more costly, and we have to put more projects in place out there that um, just don't necessarily... Um, you know, address, they'll address the issues, but it just cost, it just costs us more over time. And then we know we have these big tunnels that we build. Those things aren't those those tunnels aren't cheap. I mean, we you know that's you can't engineer your way out of everything. And that's one of the things that we have to let people understand is that be mindful of what what you what you do, how you develop, you know, the cars you drive, and that type of stuff too. Well, Sean, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate the information and uh, certainly hope that uh, our listeners benefit from all of these uh, important facts. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me. In summary, St. Louis has more than 500 flooding issues, some similar to Julie Job's. Given that we are surrounded by three rivers, it is important that you do your homework, learn the facts about flooding, Be proactive so that you are prepared if a flooding issue occurs. MSD's website has everything you need to know. Go to www.msdprojectclear.org. Use MSD's website to build a safety strategy. That strategy should include keeping your sewers clean, don't flush things like paper towels, feminine sanitary products, and etc. down your toilets. Don't flush toxins down your drains. By protecting your sewer system, you are protecting your property. You have been listening to Money Mondays by The Open Source. I am your host, Bonita Cornute. For more shows like this one, go to www.theopensource.club, add your email to podcast subscription window, and get new content in your inbox. Thank you for listening to the Opensource.club podcast. Become a subscriber through RSS or YouTube. There's more to come that you won't want to miss. Our name is our web address, theopensource.club.